0: Hey, thanks for tuning in. You are going to be listening to Vicky's Adventures into Star Trek. I'm William. This is my lovely fiance, Vicky. Hello, all. So, we are going to be doing a chronological order in the Star Trek universe of how Star Trek is, or was, or whatever you want to call it. Which starts out with going through... Each episode of every season, from Enterprise to Picard. Now, will we get to D- Discovery right away? Probably not. So we'll probably do Enterprise, then TOS, the cartoon, as well, then TNG, then the mo- the the Star Trek with the original cast, six movies, then we'll do TNG, DS9, Voyager, and then the movies with the TNG cast. Now, in between each season, we're going to stop, take a break, and we're going to watch a movie. First I'll pick one, then Vicky will pick one, and so on and so forth. Ones that one of us probably has not seen and the other one has. Like the first one we're going to do when we take our break is going to be Down Periscope, one of my favorite comedies. <clears throat> so, we're going to be starting out with Enterprise, Season 1, Episodes 1 and 2. Broken bow. So, Vicky, what do you think you're going to see in this episode? I think that the ship will be destroyed by the Klingon race. Okay. So, for those of you, Vicky has only seen a little bit of Star Trek. Started with Enterprise in the... Or not Enterprise, but uh, TNG in the episode where Worf breaks his back. And then she's watched quite a bit since then on her own. But she hasn't watched Enterprise. So we're starting because Enterprise is... where the United Federation of Planets gets its start. So the Federation of Planets has not been formed yet. This is before Kirk. You know, I know that a lot of Star Trek fans, like myself, don't really like going backwards in time. It kind of angers us. (laughs) We'd rather see more future. Not more past. So, we've watched... We are going to... Uh, watch the episode, which in this case, we didn't realize how to record a podcast and we already have watched the episode as of now. So, season one, episode one and two, Broken Bow, is basically our venture into Star Trek. And according to what Star Trek Enterprise states on their thing is, The maiden voyage of the crew of the uh, prolific Starship Enterprise seizes the long-overdue opportunity to gain independence for humans from the Vulcans by venturing into uncharted space and delivering a Klingon message to its homeworld on Kronos. So... After watching the episode, Vicky, your theory of the ship getting destroyed by the Klingons was extremely off. It was. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Now, I've seen Star Trek, and how it got started was, I started out with my first introduction into it was Balance of Terror. Then when Spike TV was running it in syndication, I saw the episode with my favorite ship, the three cell, Warp 13, Spinal Lance, with Cloak, USS Enterprise D refitted in the episode All Good Things. The final one of season seven of Star Trek The Next Generation. My favorite ship. I have two models of it. Vicky has seen them both. <laughs> 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 so... We decided to do this podcast because, well, nobody else starts at Enterprise and works their way up. They start at TOS because they go chronological ordered by year. In my opinion, some of them, like the Roddenberry podcast called Mission Log, they start out with TOS. Rachel watches Star Trek, again, TOS. Star Trek The Next Conversation, they start out in TNG. But now they're with their Patreon, they're doing Enterprise and Voyager in there, which we don't have a Patreon yet. So we can't beg you for money, nor would we. Um, so if our audio seems off, it's because right now we are recording off of my phone in our hotel room. We are going to be changing vignettes either to my tractor, because I'm a truck driver, or when we get a house, we're going to change to there. Things will get better as we go along, when we get more mics and computers and stuff like that. So this is going to be a rough go. But we will figure this out as we go along. (laughs) So, you got introduced into Star Trek Enterprise, Season 1, Episode 1 and 2, Broken Bow. So, in Broken Bow, we see flashbacks of Jonathan Archer and his dad, Henry Archer. Jonathan is painting a ship, model, RC, whichever you want to call it, because I'm not exactly sure it flies, and is reciting part of the speech from Zefram Cochran, and we hear Jonathan call the Vulcans, or one of the Vulcans, Ambassador Pointy ears. And Henry gets a little agitated about it. Because he's trying to work with the Vulcans to build the first Warp 5 ship. The first Warp 5 ship ever, according to At The Time. So then we get a cut to Oklahoma. Broken Bow, Oklahoma to be precise, according to the, what it says on the screen. And we see a mysterious person running through the cornfields. Kind of sounds like a horror film, doesn't it? (laughs) Being chased by two other people. We come to find out that the first one we see running is Klang, a Klingon. And the two behind him, we find out later, are Sulaban. The Sulaban are no more advanced than us. But they've received upgrades, if you will, on their genetic species through time travelers. That's going to be kind of a thing throughout the run of Enterprise. Here and there, not always, but here and there. So, we then, Clang just kills the two Sulaban by blowing them up. It blew it up real good. It did. (laughs) And, uh, a farmer shoots Clang, which he flew quite a ways back being shot by a plasma rifle. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a shotgun too. Um we then meet Dr. Flox, who is working on the Klingon, after Archer and Trip inspect and bump into the Enterprise. Well, bumped into the hall and scratched the paint. Which Archer is pretty upset about. At least in my opinion, he is. So Now, excuse me. We meet three Vulcans. So, uh, believe it's God. Who is I know one of them is to Paul, the soon-to-be subcommander on board the Enterprise as the science officer and second in command, AKA basically, he's she's Riker and Spock in the TOS and TNG series. So, they are transporting, after Archer assembles his team, or his crew, I should say, we meet Hoshi, the linguist, and translator, and comm officer, very talented tongue, yes. and a very talented ear. He basically bribes her to get onto the ship by having her listen to Klingon. That the Vulcans gave Archer. Which intrigues her a lot. It's kind of like what your turns are on. We meet. Charles Tucker the third. Commander Charles Tucker the third I should say. A.K.A. Trip. Funny southern man. Or well I don't even know if he's really southern. But plays a good southerner. We also get introduced to Malcolm, the armory officer, weapons officer if you will, Ensign Mayweather, the Boomer, who was born and raised in space on a cargo freighter that his parents own. We find out that he's been to several different places, including one with women who have something he learned firsthand, secondhand, and third hand. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of a total yes. re- kind of a total recall <laughs> at reference there <laughs> anyways um, he is the helms off helmsman so far that's besides Archer that's the main cast basically we meet Admiral Forrest nice guy and we also are introduced to one of the main ambassadors we're going to see a lot I forget his name I think it's Saval but I'm not don't quote me on that one so now we're on the ship we are leaving space dock we get the commencement ceremony of the ship from Admiral Forrest who also states that Henry Archer worked side by side with Zephyr Cochran to help build this ship now later on you'll find out and I try not to spoil anything here for you but Zephyr Cochran disappeared at some point later on nobody knows where he is they all assume he died in space but nobody knows where he is we find him later we know where he dies later but we'll, we'll come to that <laughs> so during the commencement speech a record, uh, Admiral Forrest states that Jonathan Archer is going to be the captain of the first Fort five ship that was built by his father Henry Archer kind of a little cheer jerking moment there your son you can't even see your son take command of the ship you designed and built that's pretty sad so after that is said Archer and his crew the main characters leave and get on the ship during the commencement ceremony we hear a recorded—record. Record- we'll see a recording from Zephran Cochran Saying that this is a Warp 5 site where we'll be able to boldly go out into space. To go to where no man has gone before. We'll go on voyages. Uh, it's like, it, the, the way it goes is... uh, God, how does it go? Well, we'll get to that. But it's basically space, the final frontier, the voyages of Starship Enterprise... To seek out new life and new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before. It's the original from Star Trek, the original series. It changes in TNG, but we'll get there later. <laughs> so. And don't be afraid to chime in anytime you want to, Vicki. I'm not going to do all the talking, I hope. <laughs> you may. <laughs> so, the ship leaves out, and we see Archer in the medical bay with Dr. Phlox and Archer is oddly I don't want to say I don't want to say he's turned on but he's like oddly curious about all the ridges on the Klingon body <laughs> oddly oddly <laughs> so he tells Dr. Phlox that he has to be walking out of this ship in 80 hours because apparently it's four days out from Earth through Kronos and four days back so a total of eight days are going to be out. So, we are on our way. And so far, a pretty uneventful flight at first. Until they decide to go question Klang on, and try and learn more of his language. And make sure that he knows we are we're here to help. Now, Klingons being the warrior race they are, who would rather die and go to Stovakor, which, going to be honest, is kind of like the Viking heritage that I have. We die in battle, we go to Valhalla. So that kind of makes me understand it a little easier. So we now find out that Klang is saying something about eating the afterlife, according to what Hoshi can translate on her own and I'm not sure if his his wife has grown ugly <laughs> what is that that has nothing to do with the episode I guess but also according to Clang uh, as Hoshi puts it when she translates it I don't know unless sweaty boots has something to do with all this <laughs> uh so we are probably going to miss a lot of things that I didn't think were important, like Hoshi mentioning the tremors on the ship just before they go down to the sick bay. But anyways, Flock uh, stays that Clang's frontal cortex is overloaded, and he probably doesn't have a clue what he's saying either. And then the Sulabon show up. Power goes down. They steal Clang. We kill one of them. The Sulabon kind of nice so now we've killed one Suluban Clang's been taken Archer and T'Pol have their first fight because T'Pol says that they should return to space dock this wasn't their fault that they lost Klang, just let it go because Vulcans do not really care to explore they're not explorers my opinion and been said in those shows so she is telling him that the mission's over you need to go back to their space dock and Har- Archer wants to find out who the hell took Klang, where the hell are they going what the hell is all this about? <laughs> right. So Klang was a courier with a message for his homeworld. The Vulcans were told to take Klang's corpse back because he died in glorious battle which we chose not to do and we tried. To, we decided to heal him up. We humans get in the way again. Yay! <laughs> so anyways... Um, with Phlox, one of my favorite parts with Phlox is his smile. Makes, me smile. makes me laugh every time because it's funny. Because you know it's CGI that they added the extra... CGI. They added the extra <laughs> smile to it. <laughs> if you will. And his favorite line... Optimism captain optimism <laughs> now you'll find out later more about flocks and his denobelian the tongue twister denobelian race three wives for every husband three husbands for every wife their mating practices are compli- complicated which they love but they're complicated so we find out where with the help of to Paul, who doesn't say anything right away, but apparently the last part place that Klang visited on his ship before crashing on Earth was Rigel Ten. Now um, that's kind of interesting because Archer even says, "Why do I have the feeling that you're not going? You weren't going to divulge that to me?" And it seems like To Paul gets a little angry about it. But she kind of holds it together. Now Vulcans are not supposed to have emotions. But it seems like T'Pol kind of has some. So we've got that going for us. Apparently. We go to Rigel. We find the Sulaban yet again. Only they're not a member of the Cabal. Which I guess is the Sulaban military. Or something like that. I'm not totally sure. A very sad. Well, I just screwed that up. <laughs> a very sultry woman comes out of the shadows after Archer and the crew has been captured and is asking Archer a bunch of questions. And he even states, Why don't you look like your friends outside? Well, apparently, they can change the way they look. On command, they also have, as we find out from flocks, they can breathe in any atmosphere. They can see things most of gen- your sensors can't see. They can camouflage themselves. Apparently, they're no more evolved than we are. So for them to have this ability is very odd, as he states, because they're no more advanced than us. So through basically upgrading their gen- genome... They've gotten lots of different things. And we find out from... Saren... I believe is her name... That... They have been getting... Orders from the, someone in the... Near future. Don't know who he is. But we... We see him in... One point talking to... God, what is his name? I don't think they they mentioned it in the first episode. But the leader... Stating that he can't prevent one of his men dying from an accident. Um, One of his friends, if you will. And so, but we never see a face, we never get a name of the guy in the shadows. Well, it's not even shadows, it's more of a transmission. And he says, when will we speak again? Don't be concerned with when. So, time traveler. Yes. You know. Yes. now this is the first part of time traveling we see that's a run in the series yet again in this series it makes an appearance in others but mostly this series has a lot more of it than others so we find a way to track uh, we f- we're down on Rigel 10 and they're talking to Saren Saren gets shot and killed it says find Clang Okay, Clang the Klingon, we can find him. So they get up to the roof, and they're trying to find the shuttle. It's snowing, the weather's changed for the worse. And, to be honest, not for any better, they're getting shot at by the Sulaban Cabal Clan. Yay! <laughs> Firefight! <laughs> Firefight. <laughs> and they're trying to find the shuttle. I like the part with Mayweather, they're, they're trying to talk to the captain and can't really hear him. So they can't, because of the storm, they can't locate any human biosigns. So Reed says, okay, search for Vulcan biosigns. Next thing you know, you hear this thunk against the the door. And May the weather just goes, I found her. (laughs) And he looks right at her and goes, I found her. (laughs) Wow, that was quick. (laughs) As they're trying to get to Paul into the ship, another ship takes off and the thrusters... To Paul away from her weapon and in the middle of the firefight. Archer sees this, goes over, defending her, picks up both weapons, is now dual wielding two phasers. Well, I'm not even sure what they are exactly for phasers. Cause I think they're plasma. I don't know. They are a phaser of some type. Yeah. And he is basically Old West School just uh, pulling one trigger, then the other in a quick succession you know Paul says that the Enterprise needs a captain he tells her to get to the ship he, as, he's going, as he's still defending them and walking backwards towards the ship he gets shot in the leg and we see a flashback Archer flying his toy spacecraft I believe or was it the engine for it nope it's his dad flying the engine for it no that was earlier it is actually now him flying the ship. We skipped a part, apparently. Yes. It's him flying the ship yep. and struggling with it, and then crashes it. And his dad says, "You can't be afraid of the wind." And then we see to Paul mysteriously in his flashback. What the hell? Yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> I still have not figured that out. <laughs> then we cut to an act break, and we see Archer. Or we see to Paul and Trip. Having a lover's quarrel. I say this because you don't know what's going to happen next. I can say it and you don't know. <laughs> the suspense. Optimism. Optimism. <laughs> Anyways, they have come back with a spore. And have to use gel and rub it over each other's bodies. Very sensual. Phaser set to stun. Or torpedoes ready, whichever you want to call it, onto Paul. <laughs> I'm trying not to be too sexual here, but hey, we'll go with it. Turn around, and they uh, Trip tells her that you don't know Archer the way you think you do. Once he starts something, he wants to see it to the end, no matter what. That's the way his dad was too. And he gets very snippety about it. They are having basically a fight. Trip is a commander. To Paul is a sub commander. Now, it's hard to explain who's going to be in charge because the Vulcans are different than us. Their level of military rankings is different than ours. But apparently T'Pol is the next in line. Then it's Tripp, then it's whoever's next. So, (laughs) we are now to T'Pol in command. We get left there with an act break and come back to Archer, getting a... What did they call it? What did Flux call it? Okay. I know it's an eel. Eel treatment. Yeah, some kind of eel. Looks like a starfish, to be honest. I forget now. I, I, don't, I don't want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Some kind of eel treatment. Yes. We find out more about this eel later on. Anyways. um, He takes and pinches it and pries it off of Archer. As he's waking up. And. Fox is saying how good it's looking. You know. looking It looks good. You know. And all that good stuff. And in walks Trip. And Paul, Not fighting. Archer asks what's been happening for the last six hours. Since he's been unconscious. And. He says we're underway. Trip does. So Archer asks how long before we get to Earth. And Trip does the greatest gag ever. Earth sir <laughs> okay, now we're not heading to Earth, so where are we heading? We've been a- according to T'Pol, we were a- they were able to modify the sensor's resolution to pick up the warp trail to Sulibon ships and we are on to our way to, as we find out the gas giant class seven to find out where they're going where they took climb. We get there and all of a sudden it doesn't seem right. that The warp trail just ends right here. Then Tapal figures it out. Each of the warp trails that's broken up right there is from about 14 different ships within the last 6 hours. (laughs) Wow! 14 ships in the last 6 hours? That's quite a bit. Oh, excuse me. So they go through the atmosphere and find the helix. Where Klang is being kept. They devise a plan and steal a Suleubon ship. Ejecto Sido cause comes out. Oh <laughs> the out of my mind on that one, when the Suleban, instead of staying with the ship and trying to fight his way against the crew of the Enterprise, just simply ejects out of the ship. So we now have a Sulabon ship. We're back up in the atmosphere, if you will. And they're trying they're trying to launch charges with a proximity sensor to locate the Enterprise. As Trip and Archer are being taught by Meriwether all the controls of the Suleubon ship. So apparently Meriwether knows a lot very quickly. And Meriwether would would rather be on the ship taking it taking control, but as Archer states, he needs them here on the Enterprise. Ready right the second they get back. They get new face pistols. And a magnetic a piece of equipment that will disengage all the magnets on the helix. Hooray! We can destroy something <laughs> in some manner. <laughs> so Trip is now piloting the Sulaban shuttle. And... We find out that they get through all this stuff and get to it's not where it's supposed to be. Archer states turn to starboard ninety degrees, so he doesn't there it is start a spiral and trip does it again, bumps the shuttle into another piece of equipment. Yes, <laughs> if they weren't alerted to your presence before, they are now. <laughs> it comes to mind. So they dock, shoot one Suliban and state, "Well, stun works." Does <laughs> stun work? <laughs> they find Clang, and as soon as Trip has him un- his wrists undone in the van- in the restraints, Clang knocks Trip on his ass, and Archer threatens to shoot him because and- he doesn't want to carry him out of there. He doesn't want to shoot him. So Clang kind of cooperates, and as they're walking back to the ship shuttle. Uh, a firefight ensues, a small one. Clang kicks the shit, beats the shit out of one Sulevbon in a headlock with a headlock, <laughs> which I th- I'm pretty sure that Sulevbon did not see that one coming. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, when you set the device off, you have five seconds before the magnets are shot and depolarized and. To get back to the ship, Archer tells Trip to take the Klingon and get in the ship, which they do. When he sets it off, he says, "Come back. You'll have to come back for me." Trip gets on board the Enterprise, and another lovers' quarrel <coughs> breaks out between T'Pol and Trip. Trip is pissed off because he told T'Pol the orders, and according to T'Pol, it's her job to do. To determine what the captain was talking about. And so now we're going in to rescue the captain with the ship. We have a plan A and a plan B apparently. That we know of. Plan A is to dock with the Helix. Get Archer out of there. And continue on. Plan B is the transporter. Not yet tested on humans. According to this. It's been approved for biomatter. A.K.A. fruits and vegetables. But not On humans. So. Archer finds a room. And what did you say? When the door opened? I don't remember. Like every great horror film. You got that one person. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. there. (laughs) That's right. No, don't go in there. (laughs) So Archer goes in there. A bunch of strobes go off. And another door opens. And you said again, I told you not to go in there. You Now look at what's going to happen. Yup. Which were kind of a little wrong. I mean, he got his ass handed to him a little bit, but not very much. So what I found funny was Archer waved the phase pistol around, and you can see that there's a delay between one end and the other. Yes. And same with his scanner. And he realizes something's different here. All of a sudden, the door opens again. But we see nobody. Right. Because they can cloak themselves. It's the head Suluban guy of the Cabal, I guess. So, now, he starts talking to Archer about how he's willing to let Archer leave. Because they don't know anything. Okay, well, Archer wants to know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> A tussle ensues between Archer and the main Suleban. Suleban takes the weapon away from Archer. Uh oh. Now the main Suleban I like I said, I forget his name, I'm sorry, but he says that beforehand that discharging the weapon in that room would not be a very good idea. We find out afterwards why. So, the Sullivan decides to shoot Archer after telling him, basically, that he should have just left. We see the phase pistol go off, kinda, and Archer look at his chest at where it's gonna hit. Then, all of a sudden, the phase fi- pistol fires. And Archer moves out of the way and hits the wall and knocks them both on their asses. And Archer makes a comment. What? No, uh enhancements to keep you from being knocked on your ass. <laughs> Very good line. So Archer has come up with an idea to throw I believe it was his communicator at the wall and then make a run for it. Well, whilst he does that does that the main Suloban shoots the part of the wall where Archer threw that and knocks Archer into the door that is open. Sublon goes in, a fight ensues as strobe lights go off. Archer and the main Suleban, as the second door opens, are, well, Archer's trying to keep him from getting the face pistol. Which, with the advancements they have, his arm just magically moves over and grabs the face pistol. Okay, now you're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) So Archer starts running for his life. And he gets beamed out of there. And, as anyone would, the minute they get beamed... You got to check to make sure everything's there. My, my thing was, are my balls in the same place? <laughs> that would have been my main concern. <laughs> so Trip apologizes, but it was the only option they have. Next, we cut to a room of Klingons. Speaking Klingons, or Klingon, or Klingonese, if you will, is how I can describe it. They're speaking Klingon. And there's a pounding on the door, and one of the Klingons, basically in a language, I guess, would say, Oh, answer the fucking door. They open the door, and there's Klang. Archer, Tapal, and Hoshi. Gotta have Hoshi in there. She's a linguist. So they walk in, and according to Hoshi, Klang says something about dishonor to the empire. And they cut his hand and gather his blood. Put it in a machine, or well, pour it onto a petri dish on a machine. And there's a bunch of writing buried deep in his genetic code of the, the Sulabon making H house of the Klingons fight against each other, you know, to destroy the empire. The Klingon comes up, says something to Archer with a knife near his throat, then walks away. And when Archer says, "Well, I'll take that as a thank you. Hoshi says, they don't even have a word for that. So what did he say? You don't want to know. So now we're back on the ship. Ready to go. Archer calls Paul and Trip into his office, if you will. States that a Balkan transport is on its way for Paul Because... Admiral Forrest has decided that there's no reason to have the Enterprise come back to space dock. Fuck it. Keep exploring. Basically. And T'Pol and Archer have a little moment where if Archer asked T'Pol to stay, it would look like he's not ready. But if T'Pol makes a suggestion to her higher-ups that she should stay on, then it looks a lot better. So she does. And now we're on to our next mission. So Vicky, how much fun did you have watching this episode? I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I know I saw fun. you over there on the other bed just start bouncing as as it went on. Like <laughs> what I'm so excited, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> 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 so you were completely wrong <laughs> on your whole entire thought process of what you were gonna see. I, I was, I thought for sure. Klingons were going to come and wreak havoc and destroy the ship and everything. Well, this is not the last we've heard of the Klingons, to be honest. But you weren't exactly wrong if you, this was a completely different episode that I know of. But you were wrong. Yes, there was Klingons. No, the ship did not get destroyed, destroyed. or close to destroyed. And no, it wasn't <laughs> the Klingons. And no, the Klingons were not attacking. <laughs> Now, as i stated, there are... I don't know how much of it I did with spoilers. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling anything for anyone, including you, sweetheart. But, yes, we do get to see the Klingons later on in TNG. And TOS. And Voyager. And Deep Space Nine. And as far as I know from what I've seen from pictures and and stuff, probably in, DS, in Discovery... The Klingons get another makeover. Not for the better. They should have left them the way they were, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. So, we have... There was a Klingon. So that's what we got out of your thing. There was a Klingon. There was was a Klingon. One Klingon. (laughs) There was a Klingon. So we were in the ballpark on that part. No, the ship did not get destroyed. (laughs) no it was not the Klingons attacking it so where does that leave us on to the next one <laughs> okay so on a rating of 1 to 10 now you got to meet the the basically best friends gang if you will or main characters and you got to see the first episode and the second episode all in one so on a scale of 1 to 10 where would you put this 1 being the worst ever, 10 being the best ever, and 5 being in the middle. How about an 8.5? Okay. Not as high as I would give it. Because, again, I've seen a lot of it. But in the forms of action-packed and a good first episode, I'll give it about a 6. Again, you got to remember, guys, with this, she has not seen this. I have. I know what's coming. She doesn't most of your first and second seasons of TV shows are not the greatest because you're still dialing in the characters. Now, how come Enterprise only did four seasons, TOS only did three, but TNG, DS9, and Voyager did seven seasons? Don't know. We'll find out. We'll we'll find out, but... (laughs) You know, we'll try and keep score of this. So, in this whole entire thing, who do you think the most valuable... Person in this episode was. The one that made this whole two episodes hinge and make it a good episode. Like it took this one person to figure it out, took this one person to put him in danger, took this one person to whatever, you know, to make this episode work. Toval the Vulcan. Toval. <laughs> it's, t- it's not Toval, it's Toval. Toval the Vulcan. The Vulcan female, yes. Yes. Subcommander Toval to Paul. Well to be honest I'd have to give 50% to her and 50% to Archer because it was Archer's no I'd have to give it to 50% to Trip, because it wasn't for his assholiness to her He, she would have just sent him back home right after the captain got shot you know so yeah and their lover's quarrels are funny and you'll find out later a lot about the two of them and see some other stuff so yeah (laughs) i don't want to spoil it but i want to and it's hard don't spoil it so just so you guys also know i am a truck driver and during the winter because of the route i take i could get stuck so we're going to try and pre-record before winter a couple episodes ahead so we can post them, and keep you guys going whilst I'm stuck somewhere because of winter weather. It's not my fault. I have no control over that crap. I can drive in it just fine. I'm from Montana originally. So, and hopefully our audio will get better later on when we get computers and microphones and stuff. So, right now, we're sorry for our audio quality. It may get worse. It may get better depending on where we're doing it. We could be doing it on her vacation whilst out there in the truck with me. We could be doing it in the hotel like we are now. Or we could be doing it when we find a home. So, like I said, until then, you've been listening to Vicky's Adventures into Star Trek. With Vicky. Hello! (laughs) And goodbye! (laughs) And I'm William. Thanks for listening, guys. We do appreciate it.